I got to my feet, lit a cigarette, and followed her. It was around ten o'clock in the morning, and the streets were quiet. Working people had gone to work, the postman had been and gone, the school run was over. In a place like this, nothing much would happen now until lunchtime. As I approached the Mayo's house, I crossed the road for a closer look. It was a small terraced house, the pale yellow paintwork faded and flaking, the windowsills rotten and cracked. There was no front garden, not even a yard. The front door opened directly onto the pavement, which meant that as I walked past the house, all I had to do was turn my head and gaze through the downstairs window, and I could see directly into the sitting room. There wasn't a lot to see. Settee, armchair, TV, bookshelves, framed seascapes hung on the walls. It was just a sitting room. I carried on walking. Robin had reached the end of the street now and was crossing over a junction and heading off to the left. I wasn't familiar with the streets round here and I didn't know where she was going, so I picked up my pace and hurried after her. When I got to the junction, I was just in time to see her turning right off another terraced street into a narrow lane that, as far as I could tell, would lead her across to the caravan park. I paused for a moment, thinking things through. The caravan park would be almost deserted at this time of year. Even in the height of summer it wouldn't be all that busy. But now, at the tail end of October, any tourists would be long gone, and the only people left in the park would be... Who? Locals? Islanders? Why would anyone want to stay in a caravan at this time of year? I didn't know. All I knew was that I could only see part of the caravan park from here, so if I stayed where I was, I might lose sight of Robin. But if I went after her, there was a fairly good chance that she'd see me. A stranger, a lone man following her into the park. And I didn't want to give her any cause for alarm. She might even decide to confront me. And I didn't want that either. Not yet, anyway. I gazed over at the caravan park again. It was set back about 400 yards from the beach, its southern edge bordered by a narrow strip of scrubland and ditches. Between the caravan park and the beach, a small public car park gave access to an open area known as the Country Park, which was basically just a sloping field with hedged pathways on either side a covered bandstand in the middle, and a flight of steep wooden steps at the end that led down to the beach. In the summer months, the country park was the place for picnics and kite-flying, and occasional brass band performances. But now it was just another windswept emptiness. An emptiness that offered an unblocked view of the caravan park. Robin was entering the park now. She still had her head bowed down and it was clear from the way she was threading confidently through the caravans and trailers that she knew exactly where she was going. I watched her for a moment or two, still unsure what to do. Stay here and hope that I didn't lose sight of her, or cut down the little track to my right that led to the country park. Whatever I did, it didn't really matter. I didn't know what I was doing anyway. I crossed the road and headed down the track. Hale Island lies just off the coast of Essex, about ten miles south of Hay. It's only a small place, about four miles long and two miles wide at its broadest point. And it's joined to the mainland by a short causeway known as the Stand, a narrow road that bridges the Blackdown estuary. Most of the time you wouldn't know it's a causeway, and you wouldn't know it's an island either.
because most of the time the estuary is just a vast stretch of reeds and brown ooze. But when there's a flood tide, and the estuary rises a yard or so above the road, and nothing can pass until the tide goes out again, then you know it's an island. The track led me out into the potholed car park at the top of the sloping field, and as I crossed the car park, scanning the rows of caravans and trailers up ahead, I couldn't see any sign of Robin. A fine rain had begun to fall, a thin silver drizzle that drifted in the wind like spider silk, and the predominantly white roofs of the caravans were shining dully in the sinking light. I shielded my eyes and gazed around the caravan park again. Nothing. No movement. No sign of life. I looked over my shoulder. Apart from a lone Volvo estate with blankets and a dog basket in the back, the car park was empty.